Good evening, Internet. The year is 2021, January 2nd, 10.23 p.m. And when this podcast hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. My name is Dr. Clyde M.F. Jones, and this is Pop Cult Parenting. And today, we're talking about Back to the Future. I'm joining here today with... Mark. <laughs> um, what up, everybody? This is Niels R.Y., a.k.a. nephew of Mayor Goldie Wilson. All right. And this is Shannon Smith, a.k.a. the Flux Capacitor Master. That's all I got. There you go. No, hey, it's working. It's working. <laughs> it's better than that Doc Brown voice. <laughs> I don't got the best Doc Brown, man. I don't That was my best Doc Brown. But, but hey, what are you going to do? Maybe I'll do Marty the whole. Huh? Oh, geez. <laughs> there, that was great. That was great. Yo, you, not many people can pull off the eccentricness of Christopher Lloyd. No, no. Um, but yeah, yeah, guys, we're today, we're talking about Back to the Future because not the franchise, but the first movie, um, turns 35 years old in a couple days. Crazy, some crazy to think about, but, um, it is, uh, you know, it is a cultural pop cultural icon. I don't think I've ever met someone who hasn't seen Back to the Future. And then I don't think I've ever met someone who doesn't like Back to the Future. But uh, yeah, you know, we thought, you know, since we we finally got out of 2020 unscathed, we made it to the other side. Let's look towards the future. And we're going to talk about back to the future. We're going to talk about uh, cultural appropriator Marty McFly. But (laughs) 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 yes, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But um, but no, you wanted to start us off with some some information. Um. Yeah, well, I'm super excited, one, that we're going to talk about Back to the Future. If y'all remember on the Huso episode of Pop Call Parent, um, actually, I don't even know if this made the cut. Well, you have to listen to that episode and and tell us if it did, Internet. Um, one of the first questions I asked somebody um, to see if they really down in this pop cult world like we would be is if they seen Back to the Future. Because nine times out of ten, if someone hasn't seen Back to the Future... Then they also haven't seen Star Wars or they also haven't seen like all of the Godfathers. Like they're just they they haven't seen like the movies that you would just expect people to have seen. I don't know what it is about Back to the Future, but this one movie is like the perfect thermometer to see if someone's a movie head or not. It is the perfect thermometer. Husto actually broke it down in the episode and said the reason that Back to the Future is the perfect thermometer is because it has a little bit of everything. Like the original Back to the Future, it's kind of a fantasy like movie, but like it's also like the only fantasy is like they go back in time, they come back in time and there's lightning. It's kind of action, but not really a lot of action. It's kind of adventure, but it's not really a lot of adventure. So like it is the perfect thermometer to see like, if you like Back to the Future, I mean, who don't like Back to the Future? But like, if you've seen that, you've probably seen everything. But anyways... Back to some fun, interesting stuff about Back to the Future. I'm sure you all know this, but Back to the Future came out in 1985. Back to the Future made all the money. It like, this budget was $19 million. It made 
close to $400 million. Like, um, it was the biggest movie in 1985. Its only competition was movies that had Sylvester Stallone in it. And it beat all of those movies. Is that uh, $400 million with inflation? Oh, no, 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 no. That's, That's 85 money? That's 85 That's million? 85. Woo! Close to $400 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo, this is a big movie. <laughs> they made a lot of money. They made a lot of money. And the sequels made, uh, like, Back to the Future 2 made $300 million. So, like, we're talking, this is some serious money that uh, Back to the Future made. Um, a couple, like, I think what we'll do now is talk about some fun facts about Back to the Future um, and some interesting things that uh, I'm sure the fellas will find interesting and I think uh, the pop cult will find super interesting. Um, so the, the big thing I wanted to share with y'all, well, there's a, there's a couple of things that I wanted to share with y'all. Um, one, the director is Robert Zemeckis. Uh, we have done over 25 episodes of Pop Call Parenting. We probably mentioned Robert Zemeckis about three, four times because Robert Zemeckis is Robert Zemeckis. The man made Forrest Gump. <laughs> like, what is there not to say about Robert Zemeckis? No, you got to say it. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the reason I'm mentioning Robert Zemeckis so many times is uh, he actually really wanted to make this movie for a while, but uh, the Universal said, um, they they were like, nah, we don't trust you enough. There's too much this and that about this movie. I don't know about it. So he had to kill the movie that he directed called Romancing the Stone in order to earn the trust from Universal uh, to to actually do this movie. And he did. I I mean, Romancing the Stone's super old movie, but well, excuse me, it's not super old, but it's a good movie. Um, you know, it's got Michael Douglas in it. There ain't really much else you need to know. Um, but it's a good movie. He did a great job and they trusted Robert Zemeckis and it was the best thing that the company ever did because Back to the Future is one of the biggest movies that ever came out of Universal. Another thing is the Back to the Future uh, won one Oscar. Fella, fellas, what of, of all the awards that the Oscars have, what award do you think Back to the Future won? I'm curious. In, what think. In 1985, it won one. It won. Uh, um, I'm I'm gonna say for sound. Yeah. Okay. Sound design. Mine would. Yeah, mine would be uh, what uh, special effects. Special effects. Um, yeah. Both good guesses. If you were to ask me, I was gonna be like, oh, score, because this score is amazing. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, you were the closest. Um, it was sound editing. Oh, okay. Okay. You know. Now, um, well, no, it's funny because in my notes, I was going to say this, the DeLorean sound effect is like probably top 10 most iconic sound effects of all time. It's like up there with the lightsaber. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in the, up in the, and like the proton packs, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it just like, I don't know how they came up with that, but it's, it's just, you know it. When you hear it, you're like, oh, that's the time machine. That's the DeLorean. Let's see if you bastards can do 90. Ah! The, the sound editing, obviously, the sound editing was fantastic. 
but the score of Back to the Future is phenomenal. Um, I mean, the, the, the technology, Shannon, to your point, is phenomenal, even in the first one. The second one is Bananas for 1989, mm. but, the, but the one in 1985 was fantastic. So, I, I mean, I thought it was interesting that they only want one else for sound editing, but so, you know, take it for what it is. Fun, fun little fact, the score of this movie actually won me $100 one time. Ah, so uh, to go back, more. go back. This is college, college days, Mark. Uh, and I don't know if y'all schools did like they had like little things like they called them like up all nights or whatever. It was for, to persuade people not to go out drinking. So they'd have little like things or games or stuff that people could do like on Saturday, Friday nights. Yeah, and people would go out, get drunk, and then still come and back then show the up. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went to one one time, and it was uh, it was like a trivia night. So I went up there. It was like me and two other people, and they were asking asking all kind of pop culture questions. And it came down to me and this one girl. Like we were just back to back, back to back. We we had like a tied score of like a hundred something, right? It was like <laughs> Mark, hold on. Sorry. I'm just picturing this moment. You what year were you in school? This was your freshman was, year, right? No, no, no. This was probably my junior year. This, this is your junior, junior year. year. You so you were you were you done crossed already by that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like you you were like, Mark, you know, I'm doing well in school, you know, people are starting to get to know me, you know, I just crossed. And then there's a pop culture trivia, and you just got there. And you're like, "Yo, this is my time to shine. This is my domain. This is my time to shine." <laughs> I have finally arrived on campus. I can, I can only imagine. You're like, "Yo, nobody in this room can stop me." No, I was. Yo, I, I'm surprised the girl gave me as much competition as she did. Though I thought I was gonna. I was like, "I'm winning this money. I'm winning." This, and the the grand prize was like it was a hundred bucks. So, so we you went into the competition like I'm about to win a hundred dollars. Oh dog, I went up there with like the utmost confidence. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I walked up, I walked up to that thing like um like that meme of uh Vince McMahon. He's, 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 he's <laughs> and his arms are playing. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, this is this is it. This is my moment. But uh, it was like eight mile. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, Cheddar Bob came out and told me they were calling my name. I threw up my spaghetti. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but so, so you know, we're going, we're going back and forth, and it comes down, and so we're tied. It was like three people, and me and the one girl were tied. And so the guy was like, "Well, you know," he's like, "I never had to do this before, but we're gonna have a sudden death round." And so he he's like, uh, "All right, whoever gets this question wins." And he's like, "Name the dog in this movie." And it played like the first couple notes of the back there, like the little xylophones, like. And I was like, dude, I was like, Einstein. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, <laughs> dog, he was like, no one's ever gotten that right before. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, how did you know that? I was like, he's like, and you just met Mark Jones. You yeah. <laughs> dropped the mic, give like, me my money. No, he acted like I like solved like the the anti-matter equation or something. Like I, I was like, dog, it's back to the future. The dog, they say the dog's name like 12 times in the first 15 minutes. Like, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know Einstein, but uh so one back to the future won me a hundred dollars. That he probably spent drinking. 
<laughs> probably. Yeah. I don't know what I did with that money, but yeah, probably. It wasn't. It, I didn't put no use to it. No good yeah. use to after, it. After the all nighter, then went straight to the. Uh, well, I was going to say the ABC store, but that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do y'all do y'all have in the south? In the south, they were the ABC store. It was like the whole liquor store. So. No, yeah, we got ABCs here. <laughs> yeah, went straight there. <laughs> so um, another interesting fact, which wasn't really well known back in the day, but is pretty well known now. Um, although Michael J. Fox was always the person that the directors wanted to have uh, play Marty McFly. Eric Stoltz uh, was the person who was originally casted and actually did five weeks of filming uh, for like the role of Marty McFly. But after the five weeks, they were like, nah, like we really need Michael J. Fox. So they, they, they got Michael J. Fox delayed the film because they had to make up the five weeks of shooting, having him play the character of, of Marty McFly. Dog, if I was Eric Stoltz, that would that would have broke me. That would have broke my heart. Yeah. Like five, dog, five weeks, five weeks. That's a month. That's like a change. trial period. Yeah, because <laughs> like, what 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 do you even get after that? Because like, you know, you're you're not going to be that actor, so you don't get that pay for that. Like, like, no, no, he got no, 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 he got paid, Shannon. <laughs> he got paid, but well, like, well, well, yeah. But for some of it, though, like he didn't get paid like Michael J. Fox did for the role. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm then sure. for the success of this movie after they they to get kicked off the movie to replace you. And then the movie is like the biggest movie of all time during that time. It's got like it's got to be some heavy drinking after and in 1986. There's got to be some heavy drinking going on. But you got to think about this, Mark. He was like the hell probably happened when the movie came out and he saw the success but the hell was probably really those five weeks because he went to work every day and they were just sitting there watching the dailies just looking at him like he ain't it <laughs> like he's probably working his butt off he gotta work with crazy old crispin glover who's who, who's acting wild christopher lloyd who is who is improving every other line and he's trying to give them them all and then every time he just looks Trying to see like what the producers, how the producers are feeling, how the directors feeling, how the writers feeling, and they just looking back at him like, nah. Well, yeah, man, Every yeah. day for yeah, a yeah, month yeah. and some change, <laughs> he's looking at for their approval, and they're just like, you ain't the one, boss. Mm. Dude, he was probably grateful after the after they like, oh, you don't want to go with me no more. I don't want y'all no more. Fine, I'm sure you. Dog, to to think about that, I'm thinking if they they rarely do they film movies in chronological order, but like let's say they did five weeks. He's in 1955, like that. Like I feel oh, like yeah. they they shot. They're in 1955, and he's starting to meet George McFly. And then to be like, "Hey, Eric," <laughs> or they're like, "Hey, everyone in this movie, step forward." Not not so fast, Eric. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, he could have been black. I'll tell you that. <laughs> or it been, nah, it would have been like, okay, give my money. I want I want all the money. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. Go ahead, pick pick Michael J. Fox, whatever. Pick Family Ties. It is what it is. I'm gonna need all the money, and I'm gonna need the box office money. I want some residuals. I want like, and I will walk off the set. If not, I will be back at eight o'clock the next day. <laughs> you ain't uh, firing he, me. He he he'd hop in the DeLorean and be like, "I'm going home in this." <laughs> and once my check clears, y'all can come pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> All right. So um, obviously they, they casted Michael J. Fox. If you didn't know, this was like the, the, the reason Michael J. Fox is a household name. To this day, Michael J. Fox is a household name. So I thought it was important for us to talk a little bit about Michael J. Fox. Um, here's a fun fact. Do y'all know the movie that came out a month after Back to the Future? Uh, I'm gonna guess Teen Wolf. Yeah. I mean, there really is. What what else was you gonna guess? <laughs> like, <Yes. yeah. laughs> Can you imagine what that summer was like for Michael J. Fox? Oh, it was. It he was. He had Back to the Future, the biggest movie of the year, and then a month later, he had Teen Wolf come out, which was also a success. It was eighty million dollars, which is great. What but, what are they? I mean, the it hot, hot girl though. summer. He had a hot voice summer. <laughs> Can you imagine what it was like for him to go back Any to the set of Family Ties after having that summer? No, he had a hot boy summer, man. He was living uh, that life in 85. He was like, yo, I can only wear sweatpants because my <laughs> don't fit in these jeans no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so That's a good run. That's a good run, man. Back yeah. to the Future, the Teen Wolf. That's a nice, that's a nice run. He also uh, had like other successful uh, movies coming out in the 80s and the 90s. You may remember Doc Hollywood. But um, the closest thing he had to Back to the Future money uh, was Homeward Bound. If y'all remember Homeward Bound, I'm sure you do. If yeah. you remember the pop yeah. call, he was Chance. He was the voice of Chance in Homeward Bound. Yeah. Um, and the other closest hit he had was being the voice of Stuart Little. That made say, him a lot of money. I bet them Stuart Little checks are probably really nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were lovely. They were lovely. Um, so real quick, uh, the, the, the story around Michael J. Fox, the reason they, they wanted him but couldn't get him the first time was because CBS, they were like, no, we can't have. Um, we, he's too important to Family Ties. He needs to be there. Like, you can't delay the filming this and the third. So when they finally got him, they had a workaround Family Ties filming schedule. So Michael J. Fox was essentially working 21 hour days. Um, like he'd film Family Ties in the morning, in the afternoon, film Back to the Future early afternoon, evening until like one, two o'clock in the morning every day for like a whole summer. And so I say all that to say like, yeah, cool. Great. We got Back to the Future. Awesome. But like, y'all was Family Ties that big of a deal? Like for the, for the like, did they have it. that much pull for them to be yeah. like, no. He can't. He can't film a Robert Zemeckis movie. <laughs> like he needs I've never to be seen, here in Family Ties. You know, I've never seen Family Ties, but like I'm, I've always heard about it. I've always heard people talk about it. I've never seen one episode of Family Ties, so I really, you know. But like this is like the '80s, dog. Like sitcoms, TV is big. You know, sitcoms are big. And if you got, I would think if you got what a top twenty. TV show, you probably got a lot of pool back in the 80s. Okay, well, it was probably in top 20. But, like, I'll tell you this. Whatever Family Ties was, it wasn't Growing Pains. It wasn't Deceivers. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, the Family Ties theme song went like, sha-la-la-la. But Growing Pains, y'all remember Ooh. the Growing Pains theme song? Show me that's fine. Show me that's fine. <laughs>
joint went hard. It's like one of the greatest theme songs ever. That song uh, is so white, but so great. It's the greatest <laughs> white song ever. It's so white 80s. That's what it is. It's very like white 80s. Like, and that's what makes it amazing. <laughs> uh, now, my, I mean, my guess is maybe just because essentially they had the contract first, you know, uh, like he signed a contract with them first uh, with family ties. And so they sort of had that leverage to be like, nah, like, you know, you got to work around this or, you know, whatever it is. I don't know. All I know is, I mean, he, he secured the bag. It was secured. <laughs> True. So I thought it would be cool to talk about a little bit of the fan theories that are out there. Um, there's a whole bunch of fan theories. Back to the Future is, you know, one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, so there's a lot of fan theories out there, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk about a few of them. Really just one of them, unless y'all want to talk about any. Um, but the one fan theory that is out there is that um, Doc Brown goes back a whole bunch of times um, because Marty dies. In uh, like several times during Back to the Future 2. So y'all remember Back to Part 2, it got a little bit real. There were guns, Mm -hmm. people getting ran over by cars. Like there was like some real life death stuff. Like (laughs) in Part 1, the biggest action thing was (laughs) Marty's dad punching Biff. (laughs) Like besides that, like it wasn't some real life of death stuff. Yeah, they really turned up the violence in Part 2, man. Biff, Biff was out for blood in Part 2. (laughs) <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and yeah. so one of the scenes that like everyone points to as like, nah, this the, it didn't go out like that. Like it went way too perfectly time-wise was when Marty was in the tunnel on the hoverboard, like just trying to get away from Biff when he was in the car chasing him down. And they're like, yo, how did Doc get there and throw the string down like right before Biff would have ran him over? And the theory is like, oh, because Doc, like, because Marty got ran over and died and Doc saw it and was like, well, I can't have that. Well, thank goodness I got a time machine. Went back in time to get right there perfectly to have Marty, like, life get saved. And they said, well, why why was that the only time that he did that? He probably did that many times. So much so that he would have made it a point that when Marty came back from 1955 to 1985, that they would still be living in the same house, even though like all the family, everything got better. And like Marty would have like the, the car of his dreams, like all the stuff would have lined up perfectly because Doc Brown just going, kept going back in time and changing and moving stuff around. So the outcome would go out exactly the way he wanted it. Um, so that's like the big major theory that like, Marty died a few times um, and a couple other things happened. And Doc Brown just kind of like Rick and Morty. Then was like, oh, guess I'm just going to do whatever I need to do to make it better. And like the reason I think this theory is pretty dope is because it definitely explains Rick and Morty. Like when you see Rick and Morty, you're like, yeah, I can kind of see Doc Brown being like, well, I got this time machine. So if I don't like this, I'm just going to go back in time and change it. I agree. I agree. It it had to because yeah, he he died a lot. He definitely got hit by uh, by Biff's car because his hoverboard was going ten miles per hour tops, and and uh, and what's his name? Uh, Biff had like revved the engine, and yeah, so he definitely got hit there. There was no way oh, what 
well, not even old man, but like adult, adult Biff in the future or whatever. Uh, like when he was shooting at him, there's no way his shot was that bad. Uh, like he got hit once or twice uh, or nice. multiple times. And also the whole, hey, look over there, like, and then punches or whatever. That's only going to work so many times or like a couple times. Like there are some times, I think there are some times in the timeline when he did that and it didn't work and he just got stabbed or something. Like, <laughs> so, hold on, so Shannon, we're saying, back. you're saying we saw all the, the, the movie showed only the successful times we did it because that was his getaway <laughs> thing every single time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, and and also the you know uh, like chicken, you know, when they were like, "Oh, what are you a chicken?" I'm like, so every time he, you know, except for what I, once or whatever towards the end and the last, um, every time he pretty much was like, "Nope, uh, I'm a challenge this, I'm a, I'm gonna do the thing," like that's gonna get you killed. So yeah, he <laughs> like some challenges you gotta back down from. He didn't step up to everyone because, uh, or maybe he did and he was killed. So yeah, we had to change some of that. That's that's my thought. Go ahead, Mark. I feel you. So so, man. <laughs> um, I don't like to to come hard on them, fan theories. I'm like, yo, as long as it can make sense, I'm cool with it. Otherwise, I I can't. Nels, we had a discussion. I can't stand the fan theories. Like Jar Jar Binks is the Sith Lord. How? Why? Why'd that make any sense? That makes that, no damn that sense. That video is very that compelling. Zero sense. I hate that video. <laughs> but, but um, I mean, it, 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 in theory, it makes sense. I feel like, it, let, let's be real, like, all time travel movies, once you, like, really study them, you can tear them apart. This movie is not, like, super scientific. You know, when you really break this movie down, you can rip it a new one. Um, I mean, hey, I, 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 I can't say I disagree with that fan. Well, I don't, I don't believe in that fan theory, but like, it makes sense. I can see, I can see why people would think that in the, I mean, the logic's there. He's in the time machine. I don't know. I would feel like with Doc though, Doc is so like smart and methodical, even though he's like, like crazy. If he knew something was going to kill Marty, I don't know. I don't see Doc like attempting the same thing, but different. He'd like try a whole different plan. I don't know. That's just me. That's just how I read the character Doc. But I will say... Are we watching the same Doc, Mark? What? What are you talking about? You think Doc would, like, sacrifice Marty like that? Or or if he even thought that Marty could get killed, even though he has a time machine? I don't know. I don't read Doc like that. I don't, I don't see him, like, being like that. Well, let's, in, let's investigate that a little bit. Not to poo-poo your statement, Mark, but let's investigate that a little bit. When the in Back to the Future, in the original 1985 Back to the Future, in Twin Pine Mall, when they were standing in front of the DeLorean, he put his most loved possession, Einstein, in the seat of that car. Not any other average Joe, like not a rabbit, not a monkey like we did back in the day when we went to when we put a rocket in his face. He put his best friend. Cause I mean, Marty's his homeboy, but he ain't Einstein. He put Einstein in the car, strapped him to the DeLorean, the most raggedy kind of car, even though it looks awesome. It's still a raggedy car. Then takes the remote control, puts him and Marty in front of it and prays to God that the thing will work. Everybody was going to die. Everybody was going to so, die if that thing didn't work. There's a lot of, okay. So let's, let's, if we're going to break it down, let's break it down. 
There's a lot of one of my favorite one of my favorite uh, podcasts. We hate movies said that <laughs> they said that that scene was actually Doc Brown's like last hope at success, and that was his. And then it didn't work. It didn't work. Everybody going back. He was like, they were like, yo, if this doesn't work, this is it. This is it for Doc Brown. But um, but uh, um, <laughs> it was Doc like, is an, a scientist, an, an right? An absolute win, like an absolute win. Like if it yes. worked, it, it worked. If it didn't, then guess what? Like it's over. Like we all died. Yeah. Anyway. Doc is a scientist. So I have my own theory, and I'll get into that. But Doc is a scientist in science. It's like the step of things, right? Like look at Sputnik and they sent dogs and chimps to the to outer space. Like that's like how these things work. You got to first test it, then test it on, you know, organic life and then human trials. And so, I mean, I get it. He, Einstein is his dog, you know, but like, I don't know, maybe he, maybe Doc was just like, I'm on the brink of something. He didn't think it all through. I don't know. But like, he doesn't seem... He seems like a very uh, empathetic person is all I'm saying. And so like. And so is it that hard to believe that if Marty got run over, that the same guy who put his dog, like the same guy, the same super genius guy who put his dog in the seat of a car. I mean, like, granted, he, he was confident. Do you think if he saw that his homeboy got run over, he's like, you know what? Let me just turn this back 10 minutes real quick. But then go get him. But then, but then like, why wouldn't he be like, Marty, when you go there, go to the left side and like, like, he's just like, try it again. We'll see what happens this time. You know, like, I don't know. That, that, it's like, I think he would be like, let's try it this way now, Marty, or do like, do this or, you know, but hey, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting fan theory. So I will say I'm I have rewatched this movie after coming off of Tenet and Soul. Oh, so yeah. I kind of like had this movie from a completely different point of view. Um, I'm kind of in the belief, and because okay, I'm gonna break it down right. So everyone's everyone's crazy, y'all. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. look, look, look. Every, I'm just, everyone, I'm just we, prepping we can see the look in his eyes. Mark don't usually <laughs> have the look in his eyes like this. It's been a while since I've seen this look in Mark's eyes. Everyone always brings up the relationship, right? Uh, why? Why is this high school kid friends with this like sixty? I assume Doc's like probably in his sixties. This sixty-year-old man, um, and they never touch on it. And John Mulaney has a great mm-hmm. bit. Or he he has a great big about Back to the Future in general and how like this script would not fly today <laughs> at all. And we could talk into some of those things later. But so so my I was thinking about this. I'm like, yo, they never talk about Marty and Doc, right? So I think we're looking at a kind of like I don't know what it was called, but like, you know, like I don't know the spoilers for Futurama, but in Futurama, Fry ends up being his own grandfather, right? And so, like, the universe created Fry so he could be his own grandfather, and it creates a cycle. When I look at this movie, I'm like, yo, Doc Doc is running through the motions because, like, he, he because he met Marty in 1955, he then creates the time machine. So then, in Hill Valley, Doc is, like, looking for Marty, Right. He he's not really disturbed, but he's like he's like looking for Marty and finding organic ways for them to make a friendship. 
And so that that's my theory that like this whole thing is one big loop and and Doc is in on it. I think Doc probably has the the uh vest on the first time the first time they're at the mall, right? And I I always say I love the fact that Doc Brown is packing heat. <laughs> like and 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 <laughs> pea shooter. <laughs> I love he's packing heat, but like dog, what is Doc into, dog? He's making <laughs> he's stealing plutonium for the Libyans, making uh, <laughs> like what is this man into? Yeah, he's but, uh, he's your um he's like your Craigslist Tony Stark. If you can't yeah. get Tony to make this rocket for you, it's like, well, what's, what's this eccentric mad scientist doing in Cali? <laughs> we threw him a couple of plutonium. You think he'd make a rocket for us? So that's kind of like my theory. Like, the only reason why the time machine exists is because Marty went back in time to start this relationship. Because they, Doc even says, I think he's like, I can't believe I got to wait 30 years to meet you or something like that. So that that's my theory. And that's why their relationship kind of comes out of nowhere because Doc has been looking and looking forward to meeting Marty this whole time. And I, I think definitely agree with that. I think you know, that makes complete sense. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I fully yeah. agree. I think that's and, the case. And, and, and I will say uh, just because you mentioned tenant just a second ago, I know we're talking about back to the future, but I appreciate this so much after watching tenant because <laughs> this made time travel seem simple. Like, yes. like, yes. like if anyone has seen Tenet, I was like, you don't know where you, whether you're coming or going. I, was like, I guess I'll watch Tenet again in the future or the past. I don't know. Uh, but, <laughs> but this made time travel seem so simple. Like, even though it's like, you know, when you go back, don't mess with stuff. It's going to. Uh, but I just had to say that it's just like after watching Tenet, I was like, OK, I, under- I mean, not Tenet. But then watching this, I was like. Okay, now I understand time travel because Tenet had me all messed up. So that's what's yeah, up. I haven't seen Tenet yet, but he I think the coolest thing about this movie is Doc Brown explains an alternate timeline by two lines and 10 seconds of explanation. <laughs> he did a diagonal line and a horizontal line and wrote 1985A. And that was all he so needed to do to explain it. <laughs> That's <laughs> all he needed to do to explain it. Also, the timeline, and all and of us in our single-digit age was like, "Yes, that makes complete yep. sense." Thank that you. makes sense. <laughs> yep. Well, this has happened to your father, and then I love when he gets the newspaper. He's like, "And this has happened to me, Marty." <laughs> <laughs> but yo, but then, but then, like, dog, it's it's the it's, speaking of that. That's part two. There's something that I didn't notice to the second time around in part two. Doc mentioned something where he's like, Marty's like, Doc, we got to go back to November. Uh, was it 15th or 12th? It was, it was November 5th, 1955. November 5th, 1955. And then when Biff takes the book back to his old self, Doc says something. And I can't believe I, I didn't pick up on this till I watched it like 30 years later. He's like, wow. He's like, Biff brought the book back to that moment in time. Almost like he says, like, like maybe that date is a um, was created by the universe, some like time, you know, time roll portal. And I was like, yo, like that, like if the movie was made today, they would have really went in on that more. And I, I was like, damn, man, I wish they would have went in on that more. That's like that's yeah. What if like that whole that date is like when time started, like the universe, th- you know, started that date or whatever, you know, I thought that was pretty interesting. I never noticed it to this this watch around 
Yeah. yeah, that was that was a line where, and and then he said he said all that, and then he was like, or it could just be a coincidence, or and then yeah, they, yeah, just, they just brushed over and went for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely went deeper today. <laughs> I can only imagine being in the movie theater uh, and seeing the ending of part one with the DeLorean flying, flying, yeah. And apparently that was a uh, that was just kind of like a joke ending. They didn't know they were going to make sequels. Apparently, I, I they made. Two and three at the same time, but yeah. they didn't know they were going to make a two and three. So they're like, whatever, it flies at the end. So I don't know if y'all remember, like they, they, the, the girlfriend, like they like ditch her in part two. Like Doc basically throws her in the dumpster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because <laughs> first he puts her to sleep. That was yeah. super questionable that there is a device <laughs> that could just have somebody go to sleep like that. Like, yeah, oh, we thought yeah. 2020 was dark. Like their version of 2016 is a dark place. Though. Like, no, <laughs> like mm. that cannot exist. Whatever that tech was cannot exist. You can't just easily get people to sleep like that. And then yeah, you go so, put her on the side of the alley like that. Like, in the alley, in the, like by the dumpster, right? Trash. And so apparently because yeah. they did that, because they... If they knew they were going to make sequels, they wouldn't have Jennifer, I think it's her name, Jennifer, get in the car at the end because they kind of didn't know what to do with her. So they kind of just had to figure something out um, because the end, the original end was just a gimmick. Now, watching part one and part two, if I had to redo the endings, I want to see what y'all think. If I had to redo the endings, I would make the ending of part two the ending of part one. So oh, absolutely. Doc, Doc sends Marty back to the future and then he's like yeah and, Marty and then all of a sudden Marty back. comes around the corner like, that's how you I, end part would, one yeah that would have yeah. been awesome that would have been an awesome ending I would argue the best ending out of all three of the movies yeah when Marty comes running back that was a yeah that's probably the yeah I agree with you now that's probably the best out of all three I mean it really showed that they didn't know what to do with her because like basically through all of part two she was passed out like basically like there was there was a couple lines she had and then it was it was like two or three different times they're like it was like i don't know what else to make you do just like just go to sleep and then like <laughs> <laughs> there was yeah so that like really show, it wasn't even sort of like a oh her lines weren't that good it was just like uh, i i got no clue what to do just like uh-huh, i don't know <laughs> damn it marty why'd you bring her <laughs> yeah. you know if this movie wasn't that big i wonder if elizabeth shoe would even claim that she was in Back to the Future. Like, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. So she got it like, yeah, you know, I'm a part of that. Like, oh, so what were you doing? Oh, yeah. oh well, you know, I'm the reason we know what happened to future, <coughs> the future McFly family. And, yep. And what'd you do in the yeah. third one? Oh, I was asleep on the porch. And then uh, there was a race. I was in like five minutes of it. <laughs> like, she really, she, this Elizabeth Shue, y'all. Like, wasn't she in Adventures and Babysitting? Yeah. Like yeah. she, she had a good she time in the '80s. She was big, yeah. She was big in the '80s. I mean, but yeah, when Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg come calling, dog, you, they if they you want you say? to hold, what are you gonna say? Yeah, what are you gonna say? And they want you to hold the door open, like you go do it, you know. So, yeah. so we're going to move on. We've already talked about a number of moments and scenes in these movies, and clearly, if it wasn't obvious, um, we love Back to the Future. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I'm curious, fellas, what are some of your favorite moments and scenes uh, from Back to the Future? Let's talk about this movie through the eyes of 2021, right? There are a lot of questionable 
questionable things in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, one, the whole incest thing. Going yes, on. the Oedipus complex. The <laughs> that Oedipus, happened in Marty, the first one. Marty McFly, like super Oedipus. But um, I think you can do the whole. Oh no, my parents! I accidentally broke my parents up, and my mom's into me. I think there's a safe way to do that. But Nels, I don't know if you remember this. You and I were watching this movie one time together. And we were we were sitting down and it was the it was the part where where Marty's supposed to be with his mom and George is supposed to show up and Marty's all nervous and I was just like, "Yo! Yo, oh shit." And, and you're like, "What?" I was like, "Dog, I always thought this I movie remember was this like, you remember this? You remember this? <laughs> yes. I was like, I was like, dog, I always thought like he was just mad nervous because his mom was coming on to him. But he is nervous because he thinks he's going to give in to it. And it's no. like, I just blew <laughs> this my is, mind. This is, what, this is what Mark said. He's like, yo, what if Biff didn't come? And what if the dad didn't show up? What if Marty was just stuck in the car with his mom? You think he would smash? <laughs> and I was like, Mark, no. He's like, look again. <laughs> he's like, look, look at Marty in the car. He's like, look at that kind of nervous that he's in. That's not the, oh, no, this is an awkward situation. This is a, oh, man, I'm really nervous because there's a hot girl in the car with me. Yes, man. He, he's, he is like, I don't have much time left. Hurry up, George. Nervous. You know what I'm saying? The 50s were a wild time. No, it was the 80s. Oh, yeah, that was in the 80s. The, the 80s, yeah. the movie came out, but John Mulaney has a great bit about like all that stuff. We thought you know, that it would be fun for people if the boy, you know, he went back in time and he, he tried to fuck his mom. <laughs> we, just, we thought that that would be fun. And then, oh yeah, no, but no, but don't worry. He doesn't. He doesn't get to fuck the mom because this family friend named Biff shows up and he tries to rape the mom, you know, in front of the son. And then the dad he has to beat the rapist off of her. And we're also gonna say that a white man wrote Johnny Be Good, so we're gonna take that away from them. But yeah, like who who greenlit this at Universal? Like, so he's into his mom, eh? Hmm. See, well, <laughs> I would argue like that was part of the reason <laughs> Robert Zemeckis had to make a couple movies to convince Universal <laughs> that he could do this. Steven Spielberg was still a little like, huh? I don't know about don't that know. one, but you know, whatever, know, Robert. Robert Zemeckis. You're Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> and then the other thing I just want to bring up that's kind of like, you know, eyes of 2020, you know, when they come back, like, yo, so when Biff is in the car with Lorraine, like, that is going to turn into a full on like sexual assault. Like that's yes. no, like you're going to be more like yep. that. That turns that into an episode of uh, CSI yeah. real Biff, quick. Biff, right. Biff should have caught seven me too's like Biff yes. got me too. Yes. <laughs> like, he yeah. he should have caught seven me too's during this thing. Yeah. That, that was the birth. That was Harvey Weinstein's first like try at being a, a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. But like, <laughs> So it got really like really serious because like and again watching this when Lorraine when George opens the door she Lorraine's like George help me help me she's not like like you know she's like scared and mm-hmm. then so the movie happens and we go back to 1985 and Biff's at the McFly house I'm like wait a minute you keep your wife's sexual assaulter around the house to do odd jobs for you <laughs> like. <Yeah. laughs> Which which is troubling, 
unless like yo you really have punked the hell out of Biff because <laughs> yeah. you are that you you feel that good about yourself and and how you can handle this man. But how do like, Lorraine oh, yeah. feel about that shit? <laughs> well, can't, she can't feel good unless <laughs> she has seen her man perpetually punk Biff <laughs> to the point that he has been withered down <laughs> yeah. to, to like nothing. And we know that's not the case because when we go to 2015, he's still got enough comeuppance to get into a time machine going back to 1955 to convince his younger self to do all that stuff. Yeah. So and yeah, no, that was really reckless. I agree. It was, really it was 1955, and like, even if like that whole scene went down and the rain went to the cops, they probably would have told Biff to knock it off. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, it was 1955. So who are we kidding? You know, terrible. So. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. The the other thing we we talked about the sleeping machine. That's a no no. <laughs> there can't be no sleeping machine. <laughs> I don't care for what. No, <laughs> unless you are a trained anesthesiologist, there is no reason you should have the access to that technology. I I refuse. No, no sleepy machine. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, I I think the the other wild thing is is we sort of you know talk about some of those. Well, I guess it's moments, but but even just overall. So so for me, just the the Delorean, the the Delorean overall, like like it looks so fly, but but it was mentioned earlier, like the Delorean was a horrible car, like it, <laughs> like like I looked up some stuff. It got um it got eighteen to twenty miles per gallon, which like a Hummer, whatever model of Hummer, a Hummer gets somewhere between ten and eighteen. So like this was getting eighteen to twenty. Damn. <laughs> like wow. So uh and. And I know this is like random, but I was like a lot of a lot of stuff for some reason. Just something about the DeLorean just really stood out to me. Like aside from just even the look, because you like and cars, so- Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is the little kid that bought the Max Rider toy because <laughs> he could get a motorcycle with it. You like it cars, Shannon? That's but- why. So even I even ended up looking up the company. So the company who created DeLoreans, uh, the uh, DMC DeLorean Motor Company, uh, they're founder what is i think his name was john delorean so one their company only lasted for about eight years but about eight or seven or eight years mm-hmm. uh and then also dude was arrested and charged with conspiracy to distribute 55 i'm sorry 55 pounds of coke so basically he was trying <laughs> to bankroll he was trying to bankroll this whole like drug trafficking thing like the dude who was the founder of uh dmc delorean motor company so so i'm like as wild as it is i'm like delorean you know it's like it was famous because of uh back to the future but oh. so I'm like he was he was trying he was trying to bankroll the uh what i, I guess uh putting drugs into, into the into the u.s and destroying the culture i don't know shannon the yeah. dude who made the delorean was a coke dealer you telling me the dude who made the do- so you know so he took the product the DeLorean was created by a dude who was on coke. That makes I, sense. Oh, had, yeah, had to. That makes had sense. To. <laughs> that makes sense. Like he, yeah, he had He's to. Like, be using and it's gonna, and the, and the doors are gonna fly up like that. It's gonna go <laughs> down. It's gonna look like a spaceship. It's gonna be the coolest thing in the spaceship. Street. And the doors gonna come up. It's gonna be a sports car, right? But it can it can go as fast as ninety five miles per hour. That fast. <laughs> like what? It's gonna be a slow sports car, so you can see where it's going. 
<laughs> Dog, I had a I had a four in high school. I had a four cylinder Ford Explorer stick shift that went ninety five miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I had I had a ninety four Ford Taurus, uh, and I still remember like that thing. It had that, that thing had eighty five on the dash. I was like eighty five on the dash. <laughs> so I was like. So I was like, if I had a flux capacitor and if I was going downhill, of course, I could have went I could have went uh, back in time. But only if I was going downhill, because that's the only way it's going to reach 88 miles per hour. My Toyota, my 1992 Toyota Tercel could outdrive <laughs> the DeLorean. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. amazing. I think it was just it was just it was just a very 80s car. They're like, what's the most what's the most um, 80s thing we can put? in this movie and like that because I, I, I don't know what other car you use to for the time machine i mean well it was originally supposed to be a fridge and coca-cola was supposed to be the oh, uh, magic God, ingredient really? or yeah like the flux capacitor was essentially supposed to be coca-cola huh. and there, the fridge was going to be the time machine i'm so, glad they went with the delorean <laughs> someone was like why don't we use a delorean because you know a delorean looks like a time machine so yeah, go. and the whole 88 miles per hour, they're just like, like what a like nice, you know, it just fits so well. But damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coke machine. <laughs> I, I do like how they got how they got eco-friendly, like by part two. They're like, oh, you just put like compost and uh <laughs> Yeah, they did. <laughs> like, oh, they did. <laughs> All right, we're gonna jump into scenes. Part one, uh, I feel like my favorite scene, and this reminds me of that so much. Uh, so my favorite scene was when he was doing the whole uh, the whole dance and everything when he was when he was performing. So like you know doing the most on the guitar and everything with the band. The Chuck Berry, or, yeah, the Chuck <laughs> Berry, the uh, the pre appropriation, I guess is that is that's what we want to call. It. <laughs> yeah, but but what makes me laugh so hard is because. I constantly I see that and I constantly think of uh remember Hurricane Chris, A Bay Bay? Uh that song. So <laughs> if you listen to if you listen to the lyrics of A Bay Bay, you were like, Hurricane Chris was doing entirely too much in the club. Like he was rolling around on the floor, he taking pictures with the DJ, he uh he got his shirt off and this and that. And I'm like, that's what Marty McFly was doing. He was like with the whole guitar behind his head, sliding on the floor. I was like, that was that was a precursor to a baby. He felt like, bro, you just doing too much, but I, I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's like, it just makes me, that's like my, one of my favorite scenes in, uh, in part one. Can <laughs> we talk can about we? this appropriation yes. real quick? Yes. Can we? Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I have a, I have a question y'all. Is it really appropriation? And I asked this question for this. We all know that Chuck Berry created rock and roll, which funny enough, it's pretty progressive. In 1985, it's progressive that they named that Chuck Berry discovered this new sound um, because people were still saying that white folks created rock and roll. I digress. We also know that white folks appropriated everything that is Chuck Berry um, into rock and roll, which is why Elvis Presley is praised the way that he is. But in this, according to this movie, Chuck Berry got all this from a white guy who was performing at a high school dance. So did Chuck Berry appropriate rock so, and roll from a white person? 
That's what I'm saying. That's why this movie is like extra. And then it got reappropriated back to white people. Because according to the science, Marty McFly, white boy, created rock and roll. And then Chuck Berry stole it <laughs> from he him. Ray Parker Jr. did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 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 He stole it from him. So it's like, it's like, what are we talking about here? Like, I, I get what you're, you know, I mean, it, you know, we all joke about it, but I'm not going to lie. Like, that was such a, like a good little scene. It's like, it's your cousin, Marvin Berry. Like, <laughs> you know, that I like that. That's a good scene. I, I've seen that scene parodied so many times, but. Yeah, like what are we doing here, movie? Like, so what? The black man stole the stolen. It's like Inception. There's so many levels to this joint. Like Marty McFly incepted black culture. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, this question will not get answered. It's like the chicken and the egg. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Shannon, sorry. Please continue. <laughs> no, no, that was that was it. I mean, that's that's like my favorite part from uh, or favorite scene from part one. Uh, Part two, uh, honestly, I mean, it's simple. Part two, I, I think for me, my favorite parts were basically anything that involved a hoverboard. I just I just love like the hoverboard from him, even like going over the water, uh, all the stuff that happened, the, the chase and everything uh, as he was and, you know, as he was trying to get the magazine. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, even even the stuff where he was uh, going against Biff and everything, trying to get the magazine. In which, as has been discussed, he died at least once or twice. <laughs> but <laughs> we digress. Uh, but yeah, I would say pretty much anything with a hoverboard, like uh, some of my favorite scenes in uh, in part two. Hoverboards don't go over water unless you got power. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, um, I can I can do mine. Shannon, you named one of my favorite scenes, which is the hoverboard. Anything hoverboard related were like my favorite scenes. I fully agree. My well, my favorite line in the movie is Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? It the reason it's my favorite is because like that line, the way that Michael J. Fox delivers it is the reason he's a movie star. Like it's like his comedic timing. Is so fantastic, it's, and it's super Michael J. Foxes, like how he says it's like out of a DeLorean. Like it's just, it just reminds me of the '80s childhood movies, like fantasy, like everything that is watching movies is when he delivers that line in the beginning of the Back to the Future. Yeah, you're right. No, there's there's some great line reads in this whole series, like because then even that line. He's like, a, t- a DeLorean, Doc? And then Doc's like, well, if you're going to make a time machine, you got to do it with some style. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I would say out of all, and this is, you know, I don't know what you, you could judge me. I can understand. Out of all the movies, my favorite scene is the dad punching Biff. There is so much satisfaction when like, he like looks down and gives him like, an amazing haymaker that has the man do a 360 spin and drop. Like it is one, it is kind of like watching um, Game of Thrones where Joffrey is choking um, like the purple <laughs> wedding spoilers. If you haven't gotten to that part of Game of Thrones, sorry. Um, it's been a few years now. I digress. 
But like, it's the same satisfaction of just watching Biff get his and, you know, raping not happening in the movie. Like it is, it is lovely. So that's, that's my all time favorite uh, scene in Back to the Future. So I got, I got a couple of scenes. I'm going to try to run through these quick. So just full disclosure, I own these movies growing up, watched them constantly. Me and my brother love Back to the Future. So like, I've probably seen at least one and two in their entirety, like at least more than 15 times to 20 times, like front to back. But um, I will say now that I'm creeping into middle age, dog, the McFly dinner in the beginning of part one is like nightmare fuel for me. (laughs) Like I just, that, that scene hits so differently now like George is just such a loser and he's doing that stupid laugh watching TV. And then Lorraine's like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> like, and then Lorraine's like, and I knew I'd spend the rest of my life with him. And she just looks like she's like dying on the inside. I'm like, dog, I hope my family never looks at me this way. Like it, it's just, it, that scene just hit very different now. Um, but I'm what you know, there's so many good like line reads in this movie. One of my favorite and like anytime I can like throw it into like conversations, one of my favorite moments in this uh, in, in part one is when uh, Marty finds Doc in 1955, and he's like, he convinces him he's from the future, and he's showing him the tape, and he's like, "What did I say there?" And like <laughs> Marty goes back, and he's like, he's like, "Whoa, this is it. This is the part coming up, Doc." No, 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 no. This sucker's electrical, but I need a nuclear reaction to to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. What did I just say? This sucker's electrical, but I need a nuclear reaction to to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. 1.21 gigawatts! 1.21 gigawatts! Great Scott! What the hell is a gigawatt? What the hell is a gigawatt? Like, oh, you know, God. I love it because, like, like, and then Doc's like, he's like, I'm sorry, Marty, you're stuck. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I was a fool. He's like, why would I? He's like, why would I mess with such power? <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, he was like, he's like, he's like, we just need to get plutonium. He's like, well, I'm sure in 1985 you could just get plutonium on the side of the street, but in 1955. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> I don't know that, just, that that cracks me up every time I see it man Doc just looks like he like saw a ghost man like it, it's great but um another another little scene I love is when Marty is um it's not even big it's a little line read when Marty sees his dad in the uh diner and then um Biff like harasses his dad and then they leave and then Marty's looking around for his dad and you see the camera stays in the diner and you see Marty go outside. He's like, he's like, uh, dad, George, wait up. And he, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he runs after him. But, um, I love, I love the line where, um, Marty's trying to get George to like, like talk to, um, his mom. And he's like, get your damn hands off of her. And he's like, do I have to cuss? He's like, yes, George, goddamn it, cuss. <laughs> He's like, he's like, you can just hear the frustration in Marty's voice. He's like, I can't believe this is my father, man. And then 
the last I mean, there's so many things like like I'm I'm gonna forget about part one, but I will say, and it's down to like it's just cause this movie is just such good movie making dog. The last like couple minutes where they're trying to send Marty back to the future and like the cable comes undone and and Marty can't get the time machine to start. I've seen this movie so many times and every time I'm always like, Oh shit, is he gonna make it? Like, yeah. like is he, <laughs> you know, it's like still, this yeah. movie's been out for thirty five years, and I'm still like, I don't know, man. I was kind of a little close. <laughs> still to this day, too late. <laughs> yeah, still to this day. Um, you know, so that that, but uh, yeah, man. Um, as a part one goes, those are like some of my favorite moments. So, some something that jumped out to me in part one, and 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 I, I mean, I think I I know why it makes sense now because. Uh, but I was like, okay, the movie is rated PG. I was like, bro, there's a lot of profanity in this movie. <laughs> but it, but, but what? It's because I think what the PG thirteen rating came out and like it, it, it existed like in eighty five, but it wasn't really incorporated. Like, because because this was PG, but before yeah, they were really it just doing PG thirteen. Because the first PG, well, the movies that created PG thirteen, I think it was like Temple of Doom and Gremlins. Yeah. So I don't know, like maybe this was in production or. You know, I don't know if they got the ball really ro- rolling on PG-13, but um, I'm sure if we look it up, we can see what the first PG-13 rated Red movie Dawn. is. But nah, yeah, man. Red Dawn was, was the first PG-13 movie. Oh, yeah, yeah 1984. Patrick oh, Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was like so surprised because like, you know, today a PG movie, like... I feel like just having a human in a in a movie makes it PG, and like like that's that's already they, they don't even say a word. It's like okay, a humans in this, it's rated PG, like exactly. uh, and much less like if they even want to try to kiss somebody or or you know say anything like ass or or something like this. Like okay, now it's PG thirteen. But yep. like this, I was like, bro, they were going off, and I'm like, this is still PG. <laughs> like, I no, Shane, you make a good point because like in the beginning, I forgot, but like. Doc gets lit up like Alex Murphy and RoboCop. Yeah, <laughs> by the Libyans, dog. Like it's not just like what's well, like 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 thirty shots. Mark, it's not like Alex Murphy and RoboCop. <laughs> you may you may have forgot what happened to poor Alex Murphy and RoboCop. Maybe the first five seconds of Alex Murphy's murder, <laughs> but not like Alex Murphy or RoboCop. But I'm sorry, right, please. They were, they were ruthless. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, that that was just like that stood out to me. I was like, oh dang. And but then like you said, yeah, I looked it up and I was like, okay, so PG 13 was like 85. This came out in 85, so they probably weren't really knowing how to you know put it yet or whatever. But yeah. I mean, when he says this is going to be some serious shit, I'm like, are you sure this is PG? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> that right there is an instant 13. Yeah, <laughs> Next to it. Like, and you got humans? Yeah, this is PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we talked about our scenes. The next question is, what did this movie mean to you then? And what does it mean to you now? This was me and my brother's like franchise. Like, This was the one franchise we both, could agree on no questions asked. Like we both kind of like, you know, we had our franchises that we liked, but this was like, you know, back to the future, back to the future. Like I think our toys of the DeLorean are still at my parents' house to this day. We had a little, we had a little um, DeLorean toy that we actually got from Universal Studios. We went to Universal Studios and my mom was like, what do you guys want to ride first? Back to the future. 
went straight to the Back to the Future ride. Two hour wait. Did not care. Did not. That was the first thing we were going to ride was Back to the Future. We took a picture next to DeLorean, and then my mom bought my brother this uh, little toy DeLorean, and it would. Uh, I think like it would say something about. I think Doc's voice or Marty's voice came out of it, and then the the little wheels would come up, and then it would uh, spin around. But um, love this movie. Was so excited when it came out on DVD. I think we were in college or high school. Um, had the Blu-rays for a while. Um, sold them. I got rid of a bunch of my like uh, physical media. But uh, it, it's one of those. I've said it before. If it's on TV and I catch it, no matter where I'm at. I like I'm I'm this is the rest of my afternoon watching the rest of Back to the Future. Like you said, Nels, this is the barometer. Like, do you like Back to the there's two types of people in this world. People who like Back to the Future, the people who don't like Back to the Future. People who like Animaniacs, and people who don't like Animaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, I, and but I think like I said, even now looking back at it, I've never this is a pretty surface level movie for me when I was younger. I didn't really dwell into it. I didn't really like Think about fan theories. I just enjoyed the movie for what it was on the surface. But like Shannon, like you said, now after watching like Tenet and all these other time travel movies and like really thinking about it, I'm thinking about the movie on a different level. Um, the theories and enjoying it on a whole different uh, basis. I know there's been a lot of talk about like a remake or a sequel. I personally don't want one. I think if this comes back, this franchise needs to be a TV show. I think that's how you get the most out of Back to the Future. Make it a Netflix or like a like a Hulu TV show, I, and I, I think that's that. Like basically, make it like a fun Doctor Who. I, I'm not saying Doctor Who's not fun. I never. <laughs> I'm just saying make it like a like a more like pop culturey hip kind of Doctor Who. It's like a tenth of our fan base being like, "What is he talking about?" What is he talking about? <laughs> Yeah, I don't really remember. Yeah, like when I first saw it, uh, I, I think Nielsen mentioned it too. I was, but, uh, yeah, I was like, I, I really don't remember when I first saw it. Um, but I do remember in, in terms of later as I, you know, as I did get to finally see, you know, all the movies and, uh, you know, and just everything that existed from it. I mean, for me, I feel like, yeah, it set the bar for for like time travel, like because now I feel like everything is sort of time travel uh sort of in relation to this and, and i mean I, I say that in terms of if time travel happens in a movie you're like okay so so this is how it's different than they would do in back to the future like you know this is the way time you know because even like say you watch tenant you're like oh that's more complicated than how they did it in back to the future or if you watch you know some something else you're like oh that's easier than how they did it in back to the future so i feel like it set that bar of like what time travel means in a movie uh, you know, and it's even been referenced in movies because because was it was it in Avengers Endgame? Did, did, didn't they make like a comment about Back to the Future when they were going through time? They, you know, so they were constantly didn't... saying like time travel doesn't work like Back to the Future because yeah, that was yeah. the definition for yeah. everybody. I think yeah. even Ant Man's like he's like so so what Back to the Future is bullshit. Like yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, was exactly. that was it. Group, groups of scientists. These are like quantum physics scientists. They've seen <laughs> space aliens. They fight in interdimensional stuff. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's not like Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. it, we gotta remember, y'all. Like, like in the movie, Paul Rudd has a master's degree in physics. <laughs> like he, like yes, he's a funny comedic guy, but he has a master's degree in physics, and he's like, it doesn't work like Back to the Future. 
So yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like that sets the bar for what time travel is, and everything else is just in relation to that. It's 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 like it's like it. It's not like it. It's more complicated. It's easier. It set the bar for time travel. Everything and you know everything that deals with time travel is in relation. I feel like to Back to the Future. You know, it's it's easy. It's it's more complicated. Whatever it might be. Obviously, I like Back to the Future. No, no, no. I love Back to the Future. The my my struggle with Back to the Future is that Back to the Future to me is like water. Like you need it. And it's kind of hard to talk about the greatness of water because we have it. It exists. But if you really think about water, like if we didn't have water, then you would realize how great and amazing water is as a property. That's how I feel about Back to the Future. It's just the thing that you have to have. It is it is the it is a basis of movie watching. Like I think it's movies 101. If you're going to watch movies, it needs to be a movie that you watch. It yeah. absolutely has to be one of your first movies that you watch. I'm going to say this, and it's going to be on the internet forever. There's only a few movies I would ever say this, but Back to the Future is a perfect movie. It is a perfect movie. I kind of agree with you, too. I, 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 I would I, only say it about maybe three or four movies, but to me, Back to the Future is a perfect movie. Start um, to finish plot character. Yeah, it's kind of like... it's. It's kind of like the perfect. It's the it's the perfect meal. It's like you eat it, you're satisfied. You you're not still hungry. You're you're not overstuffed. You're good. That is what it meant to me then. Like it is, and what it means to me now. It is legit. The question I ask people, like if you've met me, if you ever talked to me, and we're talking pop culture, my first question is going to be, "Have you seen Back to the Future?" And that will determine where the conversation goes. If you say no, I say why. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, tell me why you haven't seen Back to the Future. <clears throat> oh, I grew up in a household without a TV. Makes complete sense. You need to watch Back to the Future. Oh, I'm not really into that stuff. We don't really got to talk about movies anymore then. Like where there's, let's talk about other stuff because like the conversation will end there because Back to the Future is a necessity. You just, you have, you have to watch it. Yeah. Why? Why watch movies if you don't watch one of the greatest movies of all time that everyone loves? My wife and I talked for 10 minutes about Back to the Future. My wife is not really a movie head like that, but she will talk to 10 minutes about Back to the Future <laughs> because it's Back to the Future. She loves this movie. Everyone loves this movie. So, I mean, yeah, man, what, what can I say that hasn't been said? It's just It's a perfect movie. It's legit a perfect it, movie. It's definitely one of those things that like i assume everyone has seen it it's like how you assume everyone knows who michael jackson is you know like mm. it, it's just one of those things like you you're alive you you have eyes you're not blind you you obviously seen back to the future right so it's yeah I'm, I'm with you like i just assume everyone i come in contact with has watched this movie and actually i i will double down how much this movie has meant to me and i will say to us Mark, if you remember, the birthday party we celebrated in 2015 was a Back to the Future themed birthday. <laughs> it was. We, it was. <laughs> everything in relation to the party was in reference to Back to the Future. That's how much Back to the Future means to me. Like the hoverboard, like all all the the lines, all the stuff, like it is, yeah. 
I what what else can I say? It's it's a dope movie. It, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it is with Marty McFly and terrorizing black people, but it was just funny in part <laughs> two. <laughs> and I'm kind of pissed off at the movie because it's like, oh, now Hill Valley is this this uh wasteland of America. So now a black family lives there, you know, mm. and, and 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 I don't know what the movie's trying to say there, but like I definitely love that scene where like Marty walks into the house and the dad's like, but they're even even the dad, the dad talks like he's from the same. He's like, I will get you, sucker. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm like, damn, Marty, first you first you take you still rock and roll, and then you just terrorize this poor Poor black family. And he really thought his privilege was going to get him out of it. Like, hey, I'm just in, I'm just in the wrong house. Like, yeah, it was an yeah. accident. That he was, swore his privilege dog. was going to get him out of it. Dog, <laughs> I'm glad you said that because that's actually one of my notes. I wrote like, like, like Martin McFly is like the definition of white privilege. The fact that he just walked into someone's house. He's like, hey, man, it's cool. I'm just in the wrong house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just dumped into your teenage daughter's bed in the middle of the night. It's okay. Another note, another note of Marty McFly's white privilege, right? And I, I hate to be that guy, but I just can't help noticing these things now. When he in the first scene of the movie, when when all the clocks go off and Doc calls him, or yeah, Doc calls him, and he's like, he's like, he says something. He's like, oh, Marty, all those clocks are twenty five minutes slow, or whatever. And and Marty's like, Doc, are you telling me that it's eight twenty five? I'm late for school. I'm like, Yo, how much? That was your first you, time. <laughs> how much privilege do you have to have to like just walk around and not know what the time is, and just like just walk around and exist? I'm like, No, that is white privilege right there. I'm just, yes, I don't know is. what time it is. I'm just walking up into people's houses, and life will direct me where I need to be. Uh, another crazy thing about the movie is if you remember the dad says tell at the end when the when the when um michael j fox is running out of the house he says tell the realty company i ain't gonna be terrorized and i'm like huh there's gentrification in this movie yes. <laughs> like they're trying to yes. buy up the neighborhood yeah i was also i was i was questioning the, the 50s because i'm like i don't i guess it's like they don't want to make people too sad or whatever, like, like in terms of the movie. I was like, even though, like, you can clearly see, like, there aren't really mixed friend groups, but I'm also like, we, we even have black people and white people in the same space. I'm like, I don't think that's very true to the 50s. Like, I didn't see a whites-only water fountain or, or anything like that. Maybe they're like, we're we not trying to be too real. <laughs> Cause, cause well, well, it's California. I don't know where Hill Valley is. Hill yeah, Valley's in California. Oh, it's Cali. Right? Cali. Yeah. Okay. But but Good. black folks were in services. <laughs> they were doing service jobs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did show that now. <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 then when Biff's crew throws Marty in the trunk, the one guy oh, yeah. definitely calls the guy a spook. Yeah, definitely <laughs> so, racial slurs being thrown. <laughs> so so, and he so insinuates like, that they smoking reefer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't mess with no reefer addicts. This was back when they had those PSAs about w- reefer madness. <laughs> oh yeah, good old days. <laughs> Gentlemen, this leads to the question, the pop call question. We all have children. We all have young ones. Um, and so the question is this. Well, I'm assuming uh, I'm going to answer part of the question, which is like, are you going to show this kids to, this movie to your kids? I actually like your children. 
Um, so I'm assuming you all are going to show this movie to your kids. <laughs> so the question is, like, when and how? How are you going to introduce Back to the Future to your children? I, I think I might have to do it, you know, in in pieces. Uh, and I and I say that because I imagine the very first thing I'm going to do is it's going to be showing Luke the DeLorean, uh, the car, because he loves cars, uh, cars, trucks. I wonder where uh, he got that from. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, so so I mean, yeah, he loves cars. So um, so I mean, it's definitely going to be that. Like he, you know, so I'm going to be like, boom, you know, here's a gray car. Okay, boom. This gray car is the DeLorean. It opens doors, like, because he already loves all the things. He was like, this horn, he will be like, this horn uh, or this car, the horn might be, this car might have wipers. Like <laughs> he does it. So I'm sure... When I like when I open the doors, that's gonna blow his mind. So uh so it's gonna be introducing the DeLorean to him. He's gonna love the, you know, that that toy car. And then, you know, uh I'm guessing, who knows? Maybe when he's just because it is so much, you know, it curses so much in it, maybe when he's, I don't know, six, I don't know, five, six, I don't know, who knows? Uh in terms of the movie, you know, uh, getting getting him to watch the movie. But uh, but definitely. The car, no problem. And then somehow he'll be interested soon and uh, we'll see the movie. Shannon, maybe because you're more mature than I am. Um, I appreciate you waiting till six. <laughs> Ian has seen all the Back to the Futures already. <laughs> wow. When I was wow. watching it, he was watching it. And that wasn't the original part of the plan. So like Ian was supposed to be doing his lessons, reading his books. Um and and as we were doing that, I was like, oh, Back to the Future is having a marathon. We're going to watch it right now. And it started off like he'll, he'll come, come by, he'll watch a scene and he'll go away. And then after like the third time of him doing that, he sat down next to me and didn't get up like he was glued to Back to the Future. He loved it. And like I could tell he loved it because like he wasn't asking me questions. <laughs> usually like you know he's Ian's three what that who that where's that what's that who that like that's the constant soundtrack of my day but back to the future it was wow ooh cool yay no like that's what he was saying the whole time no if as a bust though his favorite one was two like part two he was he was jumping on the couch uh, like he loved part two. Now, yes, I know what y'all are thinking. We were just spending a good amount of time saying how these movies should be PG-13 and I let my three-year-old son watch this movie. Yes, you can judge. Um, <laughs> that wasn't the original part of the plan. I think if I was if I was able to think about this more, it would definitely be like what Shannon said, six, maybe even seven or eight, right when like the his his brain is at a place where he's like really thinking about like questions, like, like science fiction type questions. Like, Oh, I wonder if there's like a way to travel in time. And I wonder if there's a way to teleport, like those type of things that like, this would like really hit it off with them. Um, so probably the next time he'll watch it will be like right around that time, right. When he's starting to ask those questions or be interested in stuff like that. Give him back to the future, have his life be changed, and um, 
Uh, and then he can say something funny like, well, actually, the first time I watched this, I was three years old. <laughs> so, yeah, that's 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 how I'm going to introduce. Well, reintroduce it to him. No, that's awesome. That's all. I just can't wait for Ian to be like, what the hell is a chicken or what? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, no. Um, I, uh, I think this is a movie I'm really going to have to check myself. And make sure I, I show it to my kids because like it's, it's just one of those movies that I assume everyone's going to see. And I, I feel like in the back of my mind, I assume my, my daughter is going to see it on their own. Um, I feel like when I show it to them, it will probably be like that kind of like six, seven, eight year old age. And I feel like it's going to be uh, during like a holiday or like a holiday break. It's going to be like Thanksgiving or Christmas and we're waiting for something to finish cooking and this is on TV or I'm scrolling through Hulu or Netflix or something. I feel like it's just going to be one of those type of like things where we're already sitting down and I'm like, Oh, back to y'all seen back to the future. We watching back to the future and I hope they like it. Cause if they don't, Oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> uh, they don't have a choice. Their last name yeah. is Jones. <laughs> They're not like back to the future. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, that is it. Any other last things about Back to the Future before we wrap up? And then, oh, I will say also this movie does, these movies do hit differently living in a uh, post Rick and Morty world. Yes. Yes. Like there was moments where Doc was interacting with Marty and it, it, it wasn't even funny, but it would make me laugh because I, I would just, I, I was like, I could see how Rick and Morty would take this situation and it would just go completely left field and it would turn up to 11. So like, yeah, after Rick and Morty, this whole series hits very differently. It's crazy how watching this, I appreciate Rick and Morty more, but I also appreciate Back to the Future more. Like yeah. it's, it's, they really work well parallels off of each other. Like it's, it's not like I'm bashing one for the other. I'm appreciating both of them more as like I'm refamiliarizing myself with Back to the Future. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. Um, we have a new episode every month or so. Find us on all social media at, at PopCultParent, P-O-P-C-U-L-T-P-A-R-E-N-T. You can email us at popcultparent at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate us, review, and subscribe. And as always, join the cult. Peace.